I think some people think that their customers act completely differently to how that they act. And I always say, if you've got a problem that you need fixing or you need to solve, you have to go to Google and type in what the problem is, or you go to YouTube and type in what the problem is and try and fix it yourself. That is how everybody lives in real life. And that's why I always say that content marketing, YouTube content that will then be visible on Google is far better than doing paid ads campaigns, say on Facebook. Why aren't you marketing your business like that? It's easy. Whether you're just starting out or you've got an established trades business, we could all do with more sales. That's what we cover in this episode. Mike and Tommy joined me and we talk about which trades earn the most money, how to generate leads for your business and strategies to make more money without taking on more work. Mike, true to form, is brutally honest and explains his own approach to sales and Tommy shares his real life examples from running his own successful trades business. We know business owners are busy so we've separated the full interview into chapters. If you hover over the time bar you can skip to the section you want to learn more about. The podcast is sponsored by Payaka, software that helps you sell more organize your team and save hours of time let's get into it okay so today we're going to talk about sales and marketing how you can make more money for your trades business or any business to kick things off let's have a look at what the top paid salaries are for different trades luke i think you've got some stats for us yeah so we've done some research on this uh, and shout out to felix for uh, feeding into this um we looked across the average salaries for electricians plumbers carpenters and roofers and in descending order, uh, electricians came out on top with 37 and a half grand. Uh, plumbers were 35, uh, just above carpenters, who were also 35. It's about 42 quid in it. Uh, and then roofers came out bottom with uh, an average salary of 31,200. It's not the full story, though. You've also got to look at the cost of living in there, because then when you start breaking those down uh, by region, uh, the cost of living really comes into it. So, for example, Newcastle doesn't have the highest uh, salary for electricians and plumbers. But when you take into account cost of living, they've got the highest t- actual take home. So they, they see the most of that money. Cool. So I think that's like what an employee might earn. But I think what we're interested in today is talking about the entire like life cycle of um, a customer from like how you capture them in your marketing. Tommy, you run a, like, a heating business um, that's right. involved yep. in a lot of different things. But uh, how, how do you go about getting leads into your business? For me, my, my strong point, um, having listened to, to Mike's podcast, is content, understanding content. I really excelled in websites and, and SEO, but uh, since getting into that in 2015, I've, I've learned that there's a whole new world to, to what, what content actually is and, and what it means, which I'm sure we're going to deep dive on on, on that um, over, the, over the next hour or so. Um, but every business is different. And we, you know, it's not right to say that there's there's this one size fits all for for everybody. But for for me, in in a larger town, in a larger city, people are searching Google. And if people are searching Google, you you know you you're silly to go and pay third party companies to to get to the top of their listing when you, when you can get to the top of Google for you know nothing really. So that's that'd be my my first first advice for everyone start to understand what, what SEO is and what, what Google can mm. do for you. How do you get started with that, Mike? Hey, well, I always say this. I don't know when it comes to people's businesses. I think some people think that their customers act completely differently to how they act. And I always say, if you've got a problem that you need fixing or you need to solve quickly, you go to one or two places. You have to go to Google and type in what the problem is, or you go to YouTube and type in what the problem is and try and fix it yourself. That is how everybody lives in real life. 
And that's why I always say that content marketing, YouTube content that will then be visible on Google is far better than doing uh, paid advertising campaigns, say on Facebook. No paying, one's going to Facebook. Paying the third party companies. Yeah, like no one's going to yeah. Facebook and going, your radiators, pissing water, first pipes. No one's going on Facebook scrolling thinking, I hope I get a paid ad that pops <laughs> up in my feed here that can somehow to fix this. First thing you do is go on Google. Yeah. And then whichever pretty much shows them how to fix it, video will come up and you'll watch it and you'll then try and fix it yourself, tighten the screws, whatever it might be. You do that. Why aren't you marketing your business like that? It's easy. Anyone that searches that question have now pre-qualified themselves. So anybody that views that content is a pre-qualified lead. If you compare that to a paid ad on Facebook, you've got 600,000 impressions. Yeah. Well, that just means you've literally been forced into 600,000 people's news feeds that weren't looking for your services at the moment in time. You interrupted them. Exactly. And there's a yeah. massive difference. And I think tradespeople don't realize the power of YouTube video content and then how that can be repurposed so it generates leads for their business yeah well most people worry though about sharing their expertise like with and then say well we'll i want someone to pay for that yeah because no one knows how to install a balustrade right mm. i mean yes i can watch a video on doing it i can try and have a go at myself but guess what i'm probably gonna fuck it up guess who i'm gonna call when it comes to paying to someone to fix that you because you're the guy that give me the information that i needed i trust you i like you i liked your video They've already bought into you. So all that objection um, that you might get on a sales call or trying to win business has been removed. If someone's contacting you after seeing your content, mm -hmm. they're probably 90% of the way there to buy in anyway because they've identified themselves as having a problem. They've already bought into what you look, sound like. They've seen that you're real. They've seen that you've got a YouTube channel. They've probably checked out your website, some of your Google reviews. They're phoning you because they want to spend money with you. Mm -hmm. That's why I find it mad that people would try and chase down leads that have kind of been manufactured by these big platforms, Facebook, Instagram, mm. to make you feel like it's worth spending lots of money on these platforms when you could literally create videos that act like salespeople that work 24 hours a day mm. that only speak to your ideal client. If you title your videos with a question or a problem that you solve, whenever that question or problem is typed into Google, it pulls through your YouTube video. If it's typed into YouTube, it pulls through your YouTube video. You're only being seen by somebody with that specific problem at that specific time. You want to be in front of many of them people as you can. Yeah. And that's, I think, the biggest thing that most trade people don't do. Mm -hmm. I think I think some do do it really well. Like who like who can you think of, Tommy, in in the heating space who's who's doing a really good job of this? If you want to go and look at that. Alan Hart. Hart to put on the the Leeds accent okay. uh, to go with it. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, Alan, yeah, he's he's top of the tree, isn't he? For um, from from a plumber's perspective, but then obviously you've got um, Adam and Patrick, yeah, the Heat Geek, that are hands down going to be a big part of the future for for renewables in in the UK. And what do they do? They ask you answer on on YouTube. Yeah, that's they're smashing it, absolutely Just smashing look it. Look how much content that creates, right? Mm. So if you if you do that, then you can repurpose that one video. You could then do a blog, and that that counts towards your SEO. Mm. You can just go and pay a copywriter to then transcribe that video and turn yeah. it into a blog. Put that blog out. If you market to your client base, if you use like software that you can market to your existing client base, imagine if you've done a service for somebody, but then you've got tips on how to reduce your heating bills. Mm. Um, come the winter 
everybody that you've in installed the boiler for during that year in December gets this email with your video on with a blog that goes out to them. Hmm. That's then you can then get them on your payment plan. There's so many ways that you can reuse that video content um, that either gets more money from your existing client base or generates um, business from hmm. your ideal client that's, that is uh, qualified because if they've searched that question, they must have that problem, right? Yeah. I've got a problem. Go on. Time. This is what most tradespeople say. They say, I don't have the time for that. I don't have the time to, to learn. I don't have the time to, to get the videos. I don't have the time to reach out to my existing customer base and ask them to do, do me a testimonial or a review video. It all comes back to time. But for me, the funny thing is, I don't think it is time. I think it's just a fear of doing something that they're not used to actually doing. Well, take that, think of that yeah. logically or that thought yep. process. I, if they've not got the time, right, that means that they're too busy with work. So they don't need to do any more marketing, right? Which they obviously do need to do more marketing, mm. otherwise they wouldn't be whinging about mm. marketing leads. So they have got time. It's just they're spending it in the wrong places. And they're then serving other, they're, they're serving the people often that they don't necessarily want to serve. Yeah, mm. that's what they're doing. So they're filling their time serving, let's say, low value customers, or you know why. I know that if if I got more of these customers, I might be making hundred pound an hour. But I'll just take that £100 an hour as a bonus. Instead, I'll just carry on serving these people. That's £50, £60 an hour. Because they just keep on coming like this. So that's what they do. Right? Yeah. They, they fill up their their week, their month. Some people, I wouldn't say bragging, but you know, saying I'm booked up for the next six <laughs> weeks. I'm booked up for yeah. the next three months. Like it's a badge of honour. Which that might work for some people if that's what you want to do and if that's what makes you happy, crack on. But often you're you're ultimately just booking yourself up with lower end work because they don't know how to to create that content. They don't know how to to speak the language to to attract more of them high high ticket earners. Yeah, well that's it. They've got a finite amount of time to what install mm. boilers, right, or mm. whatever. What do you want to be yeah. doing? Going around bleeding radiators, mm. or do you want to be doing? big commercial fit outs yeah. like huge mm. huge margins that's probably what you want to be doing so but even if you want like just domestic customers i mean we talked about this on a different episode but thinking about like do you want an exit at some point you you need to figure out how to like build that business in such a way that it doesn't need you like if you if you otherwise you you can just be doing what you're doing forever yeah it's just like, I don't know. yeah and think about it as well right if you actually make this content and uh, you're worried about giving away what you know, your knowledge, giving away too much value to people. Now, they probably weren't going to use you anyway if that's yeah. what they were going to do. Mm. But now if you do actually manage to um, grow your YouTube channel, you get yeah. over a 1,000 subscribers and you get over 4,000 hours watch time, which is actually not as difficult as it sounds if you've got good quality content mm. that solves these problems, you could then turn ads on as well so you actually get paid to market your business so you start making money from even the people that don't even ever use you mm. it's like an extra revenue stream right yeah then you can look at potential sponsorship mm. you could get what do you install you might install a certain type of boiler or you might use a certain type of brand if you're painting decorate you might you know what i mean mm. yeah yeah you could then get them to sponsor your video content as well yeah so there's another revenue stream there, has, there is certainly in, in my field in my industry um three plumbers that that jump off of um, there's PB Plumber, mm. uh, there's Andy Cam, mm. uh, and Tom Parks. Mm. Tom Parks is pretty much out 
out of the game now so you know hats off to him and they're all you know following that same sort of model mm -hmm. getting sponsorship um, getting flown out to, to different countries to uh, you know to to go to conferences and ultimately it's all come from just joking around with I'm, I'm on a job yeah a bit of banter maybe but then also the seriousness is of this this is what the problem is in in the customer's house and this is how i fix it yeah. and you know they've, they've used content again use content and social media um to you know to to change change their business basically yeah i just think it's if you go towards like the habits of people when they when they do want to buy things and then you look at some business owners their their whole ma social media marketing strategy might just be i've got a facebook page and that's where and i just randomly invite people to my group mm. that isn't really doing social media mm. marketing you're you're playing at business you're pretending you're busy Having a five-star review from your mum, your auntie, and your cat isn't really good marketing. It's yeah. shit. But that's what these people do. They think how many followers they've got on their page. But no, if all your followers are just mates from yours from school, yeah, you're you're lying to yourself. Yeah, you know, yeah. you don't like fuck all them off, delete them all, because you don't need their support. What you want is to be in front of the people that you serve that have got the problems that you mm. fix. That's it. And the easiest way to do that is to make content. So it's. The fewer views, the better in many ways, because it's really niche, really qualified. If someone's found this very particular thing, that is a qualified lead. That's mm. where, and I know lots of businesses with less than a thousand subscribers, um, trades businesses that are making an awful lot of money because anybody that finds or searches a particular thing ultimately ends up buying from mm. that, that business. And all they've done there is just seeing what people are asking them already. Well, they and know, right? Just, yeah, Every exactly, time they yeah. go to a job, they probably get asked the same five fucking yeah. questions, right? Mm. Like, it's the same. So yeah. if you keep repeating yourself, there you're wasting time. If you keep repeating yourself, just make video content mm. to answer it. Mm. And yeah. then if you set up a proper system with like an email campaign, yeah. you can educate your client base anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, um, we've got customers because like in Payaki, you can set up these automations to go out to your customers. And so we've got, our businesses who use it have set up automations to send like youtube videos that they've created mm. to the customers so that they're like you know that's far more engaging than just like you know you send a request to get someone to come around to fix something and then just not hearing from them or just it just automatically goes out shares something valuable might be helpful might not but at least it it gives that like Imagine that. It's a really key way to stand out as well during like the sales process. So like, if you've got like a new lead that comes in and they get an email, like a welcome email with a like a video content kind of um, like introduction to your business, it's a great way to stand out to somebody who's probably going out and getting quotes from a number of different businesses to see what's out there. If they get a, like a welcome email come through from an automation with that that video embedded in, it's a great way to stand out and actually really mm. like mm. show, uh, like impress the customer at the point of sale. Imagine if you had an embedded video in there. So not only are you giving a quote, you can actually say, this is what typically an install looks like from our company. Yeah. And it literally is a 60 second video showing you, we turn up, we you know we wear the right protective gear, we keep it all clean, we install the yeah. thing. Oh, carpet yeah. protectors. Uh, yeah. We'll be in and out within yeah. 48 hours. You won't even know we've been here. Here's some of the testimonials from existing clients. Imagine if that went out. Yeah when someone gets a quote from you, yeah. that separates you from 99.9% yeah. of anybody else that's quoting that that might randomly send it from his phone when he's driving to another job. Mm. Like you're gonna win that business. I think it's, yeah. It's that video content would also sit on your YouTube channel, right? So yeah, you're repackaging right. and repurposing that content. Yeah. yeah. It's really understanding it from the customer's point of view as well, because it's mm. like, 
you know, they're coming to you typically because they don't have a clue like about this thing. Mm. It's like it's a typically the same experience. Like most people go and get their car serviced or whatever. They don't know. Like someone like giving you that trust. Trust is so important. Like yeah. laying out like this is what's going to happen and just thinking of it from the customer's point of view, like what they know, what they need to know. Like, yeah, as you say, it's going to make you stand out massively. There's someone in Tommy's group as well that um, I, th- I can't remember who I was talking I think it was Matt Channing, actually. He was talking about like when he goes through that process, like he, like to provide value, um, there's like part of their comms is basically saying to that customer, whoever you go with, when you're making this decision, make sure you take into account X, Y, Z. Yeah. So from the customer's point of view, like they've understood what their, what their concerns are <clears throat> and they're making sure that they take that into account no matter what. So it shows that they care about the customer's end result rather than like trying just try, mm-hmm. just seeing yeah. them as like a, as cash in the bank, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess like we've talked about like getting the leads in and the thing that a lot puts a lot of people off is, is talking about sales. Like people don't like that. Yeah. How, how do you guys see like that actual sales process? How should people think about that? Like, I'll, I'll take this first. My, my view on this and, and, I will say that my view on sales has changed in in the last uh, in the last year. But I used to um, when when training the lads up, even from being apprentices, you know, from from being eight, 18 years old, we I'm telling them this is how you want to think about it. And I said that you're more like a you're a customer service advisor. You're there to go into the property, look at the property, speak to um, the customers because there may be more than one about the people that are in the property. So you come away with a, an overall view of this is the property, this is the people that's in the property because how the people use the property may 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 change from, you know, from from household to household and then basically just show these are the options that I think would would be most suitable for this family mm. in in this property. So for me it was taking away the the you know the the stress of I'm here to sell. I'm replacing it with I'm I'm here to help you, mm. and that came across um, very very transparent year after year year after year. We're getting the reviews back saying that you know the person that came to see us, and it wasn't just me; it's mm. people that that I I've trained up. The person that came to see us was not pushy. None of the team were, were pushy, honest, transparent. You know, over, over five hundred five star reviews were repeating this. Now, recently, uh, I have to say, um, you know, getting more involved with we're using Payaka software, we've got to say, well, actually, yeah, sales does come in a little bit in trying to just give your customer that little that little nudge. But I think that same mentality of why why is it that we're giving them that nudge? Why is it that we're sending out that email with with that YouTube link? We're doing it to help. If you just think like that, we're like. Yes, we, we want to get paid. Yes, we want our business to be the profitable one. But we, we are ultimately in, in the business to, to help the right type of person. Mm. Not help everybody, because I, you know, I don't think it's possible to help everybody, but to help the, you know, the target customer that, that you're aiming at. And therefore, coming back to, to the content, plan out your five-star customer, the person that you want to serve, not just here and now, for the next six months so that you can get that quick to, you know, 500 pound, 2000 pound profit. But this customer that I want to be serving for the next five to 10 years, what questions will they have? Mm. So what information can, can I give them at that verse, you know, at that first initial 
um, conversation at that first initial sale. So that's that's how I'd, I'd be, you know, explaining to people to, to approach sales. Yeah, but I think, I know we, we've sort of talked about this a bit, Mike, but when you're selling something that's of value to the person that you're selling it to, like it's only really got that bad reputation sales because of people not selling something valuable. Like, yeah, well, yeah, I forgot about that. I think yeah. it's mad that you said like your mindset has changed with sales. Like I think people think to be sales, it's got to be sleazy because you're manipulating mm. someone to do something. But it's, it's not, is it? Like mm. it's your duty to sell something that fixes someone's problem. If you only speak to somebody that's got a problem and you mm. have to fix it, the cure to that problem, it's a genuine product. It's priced appropriately. It actually delivers on the things that you promised. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you close that sale? Mm. Like, that's that's the goal, right? Um, take like our business. We produce podcasts for people, right? We do content creation for people, but we can't do that for everyone. Now, if I was basically ran- phoning random grannies saying, "Do you know what? You need a YouTube channel for twenty-five grand. Let me come down." <laughs> that's not good but if i say have you got a business have you got an ideal client how do you market to your client basis can we do xyz with you have you got these problems can we help fix it if there's a good fit then great we Mm. can sell to you it's like a doctor that fixes backs right you need to know if they've got these three symptoms if they've not got them three symptoms you can't sell to them so you move on there's nothing sleazy Mm. about um qualifying in and qualifying out a prospect Mm. at all and i find it mad that and that some people don't really see that as anything but you know you can be professional you can be good you Mm. can you can do that it feels sleazy it's not ask the right questions find out the pain points and have you got a solution if you've not Mm. i i think that's one of the big you know the big things that is happening within the trade industries is that most businesses think because i've got the van and i've got the toolbox and i've got the tools and i've got the experience i can help everybody yeah i can help everybody that's got wires in in their house I can help everybody that's got pipes in, in their house, et cetera, et cetera. So they're not going through a pre-qualification. Yeah. You know, they're not finding out, is this the the right type of customer for, you know, for my business for, for the long term? So, you know, I, I certainly encourage, ask them, you know, it can be fairly simple, you know, six or eight questions, just answer or, or over mm. the phone. But or even put it on, on your website to highlight this is, you know, this is who, who we help. Here's my contact form. That's why your marketing like, sits hand in hand with your yeah. sales, right? Mm. If you market better, market more niche, market for the type of work that you want from the type of people you want to work with, then your sales process becomes easier because they have bought into you. The fact yeah. that they're speaking to you, they've already bought into you. They know what you do. They know what you're like. They know mm. what kind of results they're going to get. It makes sales so much easier. I would say the two biggest skills that any tradespeople need, bar being able to tile or paint or rewire a house, whatever it is their actual trade is, bar that stuff, is marketing and sales. Because mm. that is the fuel that will grow your business to the levels that you want it to be. If you've not got them nailed, yeah. you're stumped. You know, you know, you can be a, a, the best salesperson in the world, but if you're marketing shit, you're not going to have any leads to sell mm. to. Or you're going to be scraping around for crap leads off Facebook. Yeah. If you're really, really good at marketing and then don't know how to close deals, you've also got the same problem. You know, it's all fur coat, no knickers, right? They turn up and then you're not closing a deal. You need to be good at both those two things. The best trades companies, the ones that are out there that are winning work from you left, right, and center, charging more money than you, earning more money doing less work, is because they're good at marketing 
and good at sales and then they actually deliver on the stuff that they say they're going to do mm. yeah. that's the that's the biggest difference between a shit trade company that's not making any money mm. and ones that are making a yeah. lot of money you're probably working harder than them they're just better at the things that actually give them 80 percent of the results yeah and that's what you need to learn i think they're the two biggest skills for any business sales and marketing yeah even if you're not in business you need to know how to market yourself even if you're like a lad that's employed on site you need to know how to market yourself if you want to get a better paid job or move to another site or yeah, get a yeah. pay rise you need to sell yourself at interview these are all skills that can be learned you can improve on and the things that i think you need to do for your personal and your well personal it's life. communication isn't it? it's community yeah. that's that's what it is it's communication even you know the way you hang your body the way that you look at someone the, the way that you're polite to them without even yeah, saying yeah. words it's how how you come across and if we can learn them basic skills hopefully as as a young adult and then and then carry that through in, in into business then you know there's no, no stopping it really but this is what a lot of people miss uh, are missing out on i think is is that they're so focused on on getting the skill you know they're getting the skill of i can pass this exam this electrical mm. uh, exam i can pass this uh, technical exam to do to do with renewables but what they're not learning is how do you communicate with with your customers yeah mm. so there's little there's little things like in that that you sort of touched on there that people don't even think about because they're not thinking about it from their customer's point of view how many comments have I seen of like an end customer saying a, a tradesperson turned up in a nice branded polo shirt like this with branding, nice sign written around. Didn't even Bam. look at you. Yeah. How much difference does that make? Like it's actually yeah, massive yeah. compared to just turning up in like scruffy jeans or work trousers or whatever. And just like it makes a massive difference and it's going to win you more work. But we spoke about this. Well, we spoke about this off camera before, haven't we? I was saying like traditionally, you know, who went into trades at school? It was like kids went to university and they were seen as mm. the ones that were achieving stuff and the smart ones. And it was like, unfortunately, it was the thick kids did trades, right? The reality is to run a successful trade business, you need to be the smart kid. Yeah. Because you need to not only be good at your yeah. trade yeah, yeah. you need to be good at business yeah. so really you need your trade some business study skills some marketing skills yeah. some sales skills actually the best trades are they're smart kids yeah, you've got yeah. to be smart or if you're not that and you would say you know you're not the smartest you need to work extra hard to fill in that knowledge mm. gap and those skills gaps that you've got if mm. you want to compete with these because mm. you've got some pretty smart kids now running very successful trades mm. companies that's what you're competing with yeah. so it's all things like that like take um the branding thing i i'm not even from lincolnshire but if you said to me if i need to get a boiler in lincolnshire who would i go to like i'd go jack mcgovern mm. why why is that I, I don't you know i don't live there i don't need a boiler but i believe him i trust him it's because it's in everything that he does he's got a youtube channel mm. he's got the branded stuff he's he seems to talk well he puts content out he answers questions you know he knows how to lower your heating bills i've seen all this content mm, yeah, yeah. not even from lincolnshire yeah, but if yeah, someone yeah. said to me now mike i live in lincolnshire i need a boiler who should i speak to Jack mm. why is that because he does all these things that when he turns up or when you see him he's believable i trust mm. that he's going to deliver on the things that he says and i don't even know if he will or not yeah but i bought into it so so is he demonstrating this not just via his, his youtube channel but is this all over his website as well everything about like yeah. everything about him that i see makes me believe him mm. and he seems smart mm. he seems articulate he's you know he's got good testimonials everything he does points towards this guy's professional 
The, the he's got his showroom. He's got his branded yeah. T-shirts and stuff like that. I believe. I, I believe him. Yeah. Other people turn up sometimes, and you think, I can't even tell what fucking trade you're doing. Mm. Do you know, I, like, what are you? A painter and decorator turned up in my house in a in a purple vest. Like, what are you doing? Turn up in a purple vest. I had to put a work for like, what are you doing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He was crap, by the way. But, <laughs> but the, the other thing though that Jack McGovern does that I think is a massive opportunity for trades is LinkedIn. Because LinkedIn is overrun with people who do like our kind of property. Work. Yeah. yeah. But not well, just no, that no, as just well, property. Right? It's all your customers are on there and there's no competition. Organic like, reach. Other trades are not there. Yeah. Organic why, reach. Why are you absolute opportunity? Why? If you're a, a heating engineer, why are you on Instagram following a hashtag strategy? In 2022, it is mental. No one is engaging with your content on Instagram. Who cares if you've got you know 37 followers or 49 followers? Mm. You're not getting business from Instagram for 99.9%. Unless you're a bathroom. Well, but, yeah. Unless but, you're a pretty trade. But I'm saying, but yeah. they, they, they wouldn't be able to do that now. If they set up their Instagram now, it's a different ballgame. So if they've been doing this for like three, mm. four, five years ago and they've already got that established audience mm -hmm. because it's too competitive, they want you to pay. The organic reach isn't there anymore. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, LinkedIn, yeah. the organic reach is still there. Yeah, yeah. I, I can think of what YouTube three, organic reach is there. Yeah, I can think of three businesses off the top of my head that do LinkedIn really well. Yeah. Like you got Jack, you got probably Craig Brooks, and yeah. then Heat Geek, and, and, and well, and Kathy at the yeah, Electrical. Kathy, we're talking to yeah. like she's massive on LinkedIn, and it's just all your customers are there. Yeah. It looks professional, and none of your competition is there. It's Engagement's at an all-time high on that platform as well. Yeah. It's just like there's so many people using it; it's going up and yeah, up and up. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's a massive missed opportunity for yeah. trades. Yeah, it's huge. It's yeah. absolutely huge. Yeah. And they're all, well, you'd think everyone that's on there is a, is professional people, right? Yeah. So yeah, they yeah. probably own property or, or they might have the a second users. property or, yeah. well, you know, they're all homeowners and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So yeah. it's, it's, but no, people would rather join Facebook groups and, you know, share memes that aren't really about business and stuff mm -hmm. like that. That's, but they've convinced themselves that that is their social media marketing. Yeah. Sound like. We did a poll. Um, we did a poll just this week, actually, and and we asked the question of, do you know how much you're you're spending to to acquire new mm. new customers? And mate, the results were like something like fifteen percent of of people that did respond, and it wasn't a huge number that responded, mm. but it was only fifteen percent said, yeah, I know how much I'm I'm spending on marketing. Yeah. But you know, some of them will also be lying by the way. That fifteen percent. Let's be honest, they're fifteen percent that think they know. The actual it's number so that do know will yeah, be yeah, a lot yeah. less than that. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Especially like when there's so many different touch points that someone might have seen before they make that decision. Mm. And you're like, okay, you can spend a lot of money like figuring out like on software that allows you to track it, like what was the last touch that that customer saw before. Yeah. They yeah, but, you know, is there's so many opportunities that you can't track. I will say this is the one problem that I, with content marketing sometimes, especially on LinkedIn, especially on YouTube is, because if people are used to paid campaigns and they've done Facebook ads and Instagram ads, it's easy to measure that. Yeah. But you're not comparing like for like when you can start comparing video content because I've got videos yeah, that I yeah. put out in 2019 mm. that's still with me business now. People ring up and say, I saw your video that you did about X. I'd like to spend, can you help me with achieve Y? But now when do you stop measuring the effectiveness mm. of that campaign? Because on a Facebook campaign, it runs for a week. You can go, well, I had 5,000 views, yeah. 17 clicks, two people filled in my landing form. I sent out two quotes mm. and I managed to turn up to Edna's house and didn't get the business. But you'd go, that was pretty successful. 500 people saw it. Mm. 
I've got a YouTube video that does 100 views this month. It does yeah. 27 views next month. It does 600 views in a year's time. You can't compare like for like. And I think that's where some people struggle because they want to know what's the return of investment yeah, or yeah, content yeah, marketing. Yeah. And the reality is, in my experience, in my opinion, is you can't quite measure it exactly mm. the same way. So and that's some of the hard best, yeah. them to get their head around. You've also got the effect. What was that um, that story that Ram Fishkin posted on social about the pizzeria? Well, if you do want to read that, yeah. I can tell you where you can reread it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, is, isn't it essentially uh, like the point of it is where like paid ads are basically taking um, uh, taking credit for the, all the other work that yeah, you do. Yeah, for people that are basically coming to you anyway. Yeah, essentially, yeah. so like they're they're claiming they're they're helping you win this business, but there's a a percentage of that paid ad, uh, paid ad traffic that you 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 would have got anyway. I always say this, right? Hmm. Be honest now. Have you ever clicked on an advert on Facebook and bought through a paid ad? Ever in your life? I haven't. No. I have. How I, I, I have. Uh, but I, from my point of view, I want to see where it leads. Yeah. I'm doing So you're I'm doing that research. market research. So I'm saying yeah, as yeah. a customer then to yeah. actually buy that product, have you bought a product from, from paid ad? I, I never I, have. I, I don't think, I don't think, have you ever bought I don't a paid think directly from, from clicking that. Like, no, but. So I, I, so I, so I, so I go back to that <laughs> thing. So I go back to that thing, right? Yeah. Why, if in real life, when we how our buying happens, yeah. why do we act one way, but then when it comes to our business, do something completely mm. different and expect that it'll work? Nobody that I've ever spoke to or asked that question to has gone, do you know what? I was on Facebook and randomly I've seen this, I've clicked on it and I've bought a fidget spinner. Mm. No one, ever, ever in my entire life yeah. that I've asked that question to. Because no one does it. It's shit. But I tell you what, when I need to research something, like yeah. I need a coat, yeah. I will Google, duh, 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 yeah. it will come up and I'll click on, yeah. then I'll go to the ASOS website and buy the coat or yeah. whatever. That's my buying journey. Yeah. I imagine that is anyone listening to is their buying journey. However, yeah, they'll you're throw just, shit tons you're of just money hoping, doing. right? Yeah, it's yeah like, because it doesn't yeah. really work mm. for most things. No one is buying a new conservatory yeah, yeah. off a Facebook ad, ever. No one is doing that. What they might do is see it and think, oh, do you know what? I'm thinking? Then they'll go on Google and they'll get quotes good, or they'll yeah. Google conservatories in St. Helens and then they'll come yeah. up and then, oh, someone's got videos. Oh, what's the difference between triple glazed and double glazed? Oh, yeah, watch that. Yeah, That's quite yeah, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I could save an extra £300 a year doing that. Yeah. Oh, they've got a few more videos on here that answer about, do I need radiators in a conservatory? Oh, good question. I've, I've thought that. Yeah. Oh, I'm now going to go to this person's website and get a quote from them because... That's my buying journey. That's mm. all of our buying journeys in real life. So why aren't you marketing your business in exactly the same way that we all acknowledge that works? Mm. No, you're spending, oh, well, I'll run £600 a month on that ad. It gets 18,000 clicks, but I only get three quotes because mm. it's shit, mate. If you get 10 views, you're probably going to get more from that 10 views video than you are from 18,000 impressions on your shit Instagram yeah. ad. And like you say, if you create that content that is like everlasting, like that yeah. just continues evergreen forever imagine if you had a salesperson working for your business 24 hours a yeah. day that you didn't have to pay didn't want to go on holiday didn't want to pay rise didn't want commission and he only spoke to your ideal client mm. you would you would employ them so now mm. think of every single video as that person yeah. or another trades person they want more time i bet most of them sit there thinking god if only there was another one of me here to, to do this part of the business or you know that's how you multiply yourself in the business Think of a video as multiplying yourself mm. in that business. Mm -hmm. If you've got 20 videos, you are now in 20 different places yeah. simultaneously, mm. only talking to your customers that have searched or prospects that have searched that question. Yeah. This is easy. Yeah. And do you know why it's easy? Because most people can't be asked doing it. 
So you are competing with lazy people that can't be asked doing it. Mm. It's it's not hard to do this stuff, I don't think. Mm. So if you're a tradie watching this, like you've talked a lot about how easy it is to create these videos, but to a lot of people, that's going to sound like a lot of work and they don't have a production company. Like, what would you say to them? Uh, I'd say number one, most smartphones now are that good anyway, that you could probably easily just shoot yourself in your office answering one question a day, probably take a minute, mm. two minutes. Just keep it really simple. One question you've been asked numerous times that week. There's your answer. That's the quick and easy cheat way to do it. Yeah, That's easy content to put out. Um, but I would say there will probably be somebody in your team that is comfortable enough knows kind of youtube watches youtube videos and could probably shoot those videos for you mm. so it could be one of your apprentices 18 19 20. it doesn't have to be you on the count on the film mm. you can spread the load amongst many people in your team so you can share the load and it's easy to do barrier of entry is so low you you know well lit just turn the lights on go outside mm. you know it's not hard all you have to say is get a mic because the audio is important. So you can get that for like 20 quid off Amazon. Mm. So a smartphone and a 20 pound mic off Amazon is easy enough to do. But I would say that or hire a videographer. I know it sounds like it's expensive, but you could probably hire a videographer for maybe 300, 400, 500 pound for the day. Just get them to shoot you on a job one day. And it's an investment then. That's your marketing done for the whole year. Mm. That then becomes your uh, journey of how we do an install at a house. So, mm. you know, for 400, 500 quid, you can get a professional person to shoot and edit it and do that so there's ways around it mm. i mean if you're probably in your 50s you don't all of, all of a all of a sudden want to be insane smash subscribe guys like my channel <laughs> it's not that you're not trying to be a youtuber you're trying to create video content that makes people want to trust you and buy mm. from you so think of it differently you're not trying okay. to be a youtuber it's not a kid's game this is business content that you're going to use so that's what i'd recommend i, I, I would add to this though um you know, let's play with some budgets here. If you've got a thousand quid, a thousand pound website's better than no website. I'd argue five grand's better than, than one grand. Okay. Um I, I work with a lot of sole traders and a lot of them are, are, are not confident, you know, not confident or or feel as though I'm not creative, Tom. I'm not you know, I don't wanna think about this. I don't wanna do the creative stuff. Um so if you're not going to do videos, you're thinking about the written content that's that's on, on, on your website. Because ultimately, we're probably going to be using videos to push them back to us, push them back to us website anyway. So I would say start start with your website. A um, little bit of knowledge doesn't doesn't hurt anything. So um, you know, get involved with um, get involved with the trade groups that are on on, on Facebook that are talking business and, and learn from from what some other people are doing. But for me, starts starts with website, or, or more to the point, actually, it starts with a plan and understanding that um, your videos, your website, your your blog articles, it's it's all it's all content, it's all communication. Mm. Yeah. So, and and like, what about if I was to say, well, I could do that, or I could just stick myself on check a trade, rate people, my builder. Why not just could, do that? One, one last thing I'd say on that, by the way, is everybody sounds stupid. Everyone looks weird. Just so you know that, like everybody, even the people that you think are confident on camera, they have the same kind of anxiety, fears about being on camera as you do. So that isn't reason to stop. Everyone yeah. sounds weird. Everyone looks weird. Looking at yourself is like you're like you're gonna look at things yeah, yeah. that other people. So don't you're probably notice. a lot better at this thing than you actually think. Yeah. Everyone erms, everyone ahs, everyone stumbles. You know, scousers that's, sell that's, to scousers, that's don't they? Natural thing, yeah. yeah so Mancunians sell, sell to I mean. Mancunians. You yeah. know, it makes you more relatable. 
that's all a lot of work as well. But why not just stick myself on Checker Trade or Rate People or My Builder or, or any of those lead gen companies? Like, why not just do that? That's easy. You can, along with everybody else that's paying their £500 or their £1,000 membership. You know, you're ultimately then going to be a, a small fish in a in a bigger pond with hundreds and thousands of, of other small fish. Whereas if you if you make that effort to, to to get out of that pond and get into somewhere else where there's less competition, there's you know, there's gonna be more food for you. There's gonna be more profits available. Um I think from from being involved with, with Check Trade a number of years ago, but then um, you know, listening to, to the communities that that I help, um certain Places such as Checker Trade or such as Witch or or Boiler Guide, for instance, they've they've had better days. They've had mm. better days. So clearly, you know, when these businesses have started, it's been a good place to to go fishing. You know, it's good to get in at, at the early point. But then, as as everybody else learns about it, ultimately, it's that sales department's job to replicate what it is that's bringing money in. Mm. Oh right, so. We, we we need some plumbers in Bristol. We need some um, sparkies in in Leeds, and they just go out and and they target these people. Mm. So, um, yes, you can. Yes, you will probably get some leads out of it. Yes, they will give you something that half resembles a website. It will give you a, a page on their website, but ultimately, you you know you you're just in a very very competitive place. Mm. And what often happens out of it is. Because you're in the same space as as all the all this other competition, you're forced to charge what it is that everybody else is charging. You're not in that top ten ten percent charging what it what it is that your business is actually worth. You're charging what it is that the average business yeah. is worth, not what your business is worth. So on the point of pricing, if you're doing all the marketing right, you're getting lots of leads in there, qualified leads, and you're targeting with your content specifically the type of work you want to be doing with the kind of person you want to be working with. You can be a lot more choosy. If you have a full pipeline, you can be a lot more choosy with the work, or you can actually tease the price up and charge more to sort of almost like stem the flow of leads that you're getting. So that's one way that you can actually increase your, your pricing. Um, but there's also a game that you can play quite often we've got a mental block about how much we think we're owed, whether it be a day rate, whether it be for a job, or what we think other people would pay for our products. Quite often, if we are going to price off a competitor, how do you know they've got that price right? Yeah. You're just by basing your price on somebody else that's also got a mental block with money. So there's a game that you can play with your product where you can increase your product by a small amount, maybe like 5% or 10%. So say if you charge a thousand pounds to install a bathroom, you know, play like an auction game in your head. Now, what if it was 1,100 quid? Would that seem unreasonable? Probably not really, it's only 10%. What about 1,200 quid? What about 1,300 quid? And you'll get to a point naturally where you kind of, I call it the flinch. You'd kind of like go, it's a bit expensive that. So if it was 1,600 quid, you might think that's a bit expensive. So now you know realistically, your price could fall between 1,000 pound and maybe 1,500 quid. So why not charge 1,400 quid? Mm. you know and try it and if someone buys at 1400 quid all of a sudden now you've got proof of concept yeah you know that there is certain people out there that pay 1400 quid for that product or your service so now you just need to market to that group now mm. and to do that you would stop doing the low value marketing that you're doing 
targeting, you know, regrouting for mm. £75. You just stop doing that marketing then. Mm. That's what you do. You're constantly moving your business forward towards your ideal business. And if we do some of the stuff that we've spoke about on other podcasts where you are working towards a specific goal, um, a certain revenue amount or a certain successful lifestyle where I only want to work X number of days a week, you should be moving towards these things and that's what you need to do. You need mm. to be finding the right customer, paying the right price where they feel they're getting exceptional service, you're solving their problem. No one feels scammed, ripped off, cheated and then everyone wins. Well, right? that's it, isn't it? Because most customers will quite happily pay extra if it is something additional of value yeah. that they're getting. So I've got rental properties in Warrington and I've had five bathrooms from a company called Pisces. Um, Warren, if you're watching, free shout out. Um, he's done five bathrooms for me and they're not the cheapest by a long way, by the way. Probably 50% more than most of the bathroom fitters. But they're fully booked, but they're brilliant at what they do. They come in, they do the work. You wouldn't know they were there. No problems. Go above and beyond. They quote, right? A really good company. Compare that to other bathroom companies in Warrington that I've had. I had one called Plunge Bob. Good name. Shit company. Plunge Bob. Plunge Bob. Good name, isn't it? Plunge. Plunge Bob. As in like... Like the, SpongeBob. like the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plunge oh, okay. Bob. Brilliant. <laughs> Look nice. I don't think the guy never fit a bathroom in his life. I went away on a honeymoon, came back. And he'd forgot to cap some pipes on some radiators that he'd moved in the bathroom. So it had been leaking and there was a bath in my kitchen when I came home. And it was a newly mm. done kitchen as well. Um, so that's the difference. I would rather pay 50% mm. more to somebody that on paper <coughs> provides the exact same product yeah. and service because the service that they give you is so much better. Mm. So it's it's not a thing about yeah. price for a lot of people. And it, it's, it's Or if so- it is, by the way you're fighting the wrong battle. Yeah. If you're trying to win business on price, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's such a big win for that Pisces company as well because not only is he charging 50% more than what anyone else has, he's got you back for five more five, five more bathrooms. He did three like, bathrooms in one house back-to-back weeks. Yeah. He was in my house for three weeks. Top yeah. floor, middle floor, ground floor. Yeah. It's a lot of bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of house. <laughs> uh, don't have it anymore, thank you, divorce lawyers. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You can yeah. do a downstairs cloakroom for me. That's all. I've and got and, and uh, I guess <laughs> divorce jokes. A, uh, another 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 topic of like how that example he might have got more work. It's like did he ask you for reviews at the end of the? Well, it's interesting actually. So I said to him originally when I first so the first bathroom he did for me must have been about seven years ago, and um, he left a card and it was if you recommended him. Um, he'd give you a hundred pounds. So if you give your card to like mm. a neighbor and yeah. they use that card to give you a hundred pounds. And then when I saw him two years later, I asked him about that, if he still did that. And he said, no, there's no need. We're so busy from word of mouth refer- referrals anyway. Mm. And on Facebook and testimonials and that type mm. of stuff, um, that they don't even do that anymore. They don't even need to proactively say to customers, mm. please refer us. We'll give you a hundred pound if you do. Um, and he'd also, he had a team of eight when I saw him two years later. So originally it was just um, Warren and uh, another guy that was with him. But they now how, now had a team of eight where there was a team ripping out the bathroom on the Friday, ready for the new team to move in on the Monday. So they started the work a week before, which I thought was quite good. So mm-hmm. there's like two teams running now. So one was like prepped for the actual skilled um, team to come in just boom, do it all. Really good. Mm-hmm. Really good to watch their growth as well. 
Yeah. I think whenever you see like a high performing business like that, like <coughs> reviews are normally like a fundamental foundation of it. Like if you look at Craig Brooks on LinkedIn, again, like you look at their reviews, a lot of their business is based on getting those, getting those reviews in recorded on, on Google or mm -hmm. Trustpilot, wherever you go. Um, and yeah, like he's built like a massively successful business off the back of it. And it's so little effort to set up like a process to get those reviews as well. That's one of your seven touch points, like we said, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. when people are saying like, you need to do all these things, that's quite difficult. Mm. You are probably, there's so many opportunities right in front of you. Mm. Just ask for that. Mm. Yeah. Just ask a customer. And if you've got a system in place or um, processes in place, it becomes part of the buying journey. Mm. Um, so a customer feels like, yeah, no, you've done a really good job. I don't mind doing that. Do you mm. know what I mean? So, yeah, 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 yeah. So in that example, he's pricing higher you've come back to him five times and also he's he's got your referral and generated a bunch more work so mm -hmm. it's like there's so many wins in there for, for and, I'm, and i'm talking about it now like yeah. he's not been a bathroom for like two years yeah but i still talk about it now yeah. it's like you know what that's somebody that i spent yeah. more money with 50 percent more mm. money than i could have got the like for like thing mm. and i'm happy to say it was good other than him doing fantastic work for you, had you seen the reviews? Was that like a, a buyer's decision for you? Yeah, so it was, it was a, the normal buying process. Like my first port of call was Google, bathroom fitters in Warrington. Like, yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden some options came up. I had a little look who had good reviews. Then I went on to look at some of their work. I wanted to see some before and after of their um, bathrooms that they'd done. Hmm. Then I started to look at you know, have they got content out there? Check them out. What are they like? Yeah. What are people really saying about them? All that. So I probably did my research, but initially it started with Google. Mm. Um, and that's how I, I, I come across them. So yeah, they came in, they quoted, he had a waiting list, but because I'd had a bad experience with somebody else that I'd paid less money to, that it basically fucked up twice because we also had another problem when he Plungebug came back to fix it and then he didn't, his, mm. his uh, phone didn't work. Um, I'd been burnt, right? So I found somebody that I thought, you know what, even though they are more expensive than everybody else, I know what I'm getting with these people now. Mm. To the point where I've recommended them to numerous people. Now he's got them. a shout out here. Eh? Yeah, Let's yeah. Um, we and weirdly as well, by the way, so I I lived on a place called Winnick Park in Warrington, if anybody knows it, um, when he come to do those bathrooms. And he moved to Winnick Park just as I was leaving, he had moved there. So he must have been doing all right for himself. He'd moved into a big house on there. So it uh, goes to show that obviously he had quite a clear plan. Mm. He wanted to position himself away from the crowd. He wasn't competing on price in Warrington. He wanted to be the premier number one go-to bathroom, mm. um, bathroom fitters in Warrington. Um, and he's done that. Now, if he had priced off what's everyone else charging, mm. he would still be with them, right? You'd get mm. what everyone else gets. Yeah, He's yeah. not. He's gone premium product, premium price yeah and that delivery and the customers made the decision on price like you've not differentiated next time they'll make the same decision they'll, they'll just make it on price and you might not be the cheapest it's interesting time. now i always see his his vans outside the more affluent properties on that estate why because he's now marketed himself as he is the bathroom fitter for that type of customer yeah. so they're not arguing over you know what's the difference between you know 12 pound taps do you think? Do you see what I mean? Do you think companies like this, no matter what trade they are, they are in, you no know, top of the game in in any trade. Do you think they ever make mistakes? Yeah, well, everyone makes mistakes, right? right so what? This is where I'm, I've got a point to this, but because they're at the top of of their trade and they're charging the top whack, what happens when they make a mistake? 
Well, they fix it, right? They've got the uh, funds there. They've got the budget there exactly. to put it right and put it right properly. They don't, they don't quibble about it. Mm. And, and if it's a skill set, for instance, like a, a plumber goes through a wire, for instance, yeah? Um, if it's not their skill set, they've got the money available mm. to get someone in quick because they're not trying to ask for favours. Oh, could you, we, we've, we've made this mistake on, on this job. Could you just drop round after work and, and ask us? Because they're already making money because they're top of the game. Mm. So they just pay for it, pay for mistakes. Mistakes do happen. That carpet might get mucky, Mrs. Mm. Mrs. Biggins. Yeah. I think that aftercare, that's like a, another really good good way to show value from your uh, from your company. Like As Mike says, everyone makes mistakes, but it's the, it's the way you respond to that mistake is how you differentiate, yeah. Different, yeah. differentiate yourself from everybody else. So if you do have the funds to get someone in quickly, you want to get that sorted mm. as quickly and as with it's, as little notice just as possible. Don't quibble over it. No, if that, if that carpet's going to cost two hundred and fifty quid, yeah, that two hundred and fifty pounds to sort that carpet out, which you've you've you know you've priced this risk factor that mm. it might happen, is better than getting a, a negative review. Now yeah. I'm not saying you know and saves your relationship with that exactly. customer. Yeah, yeah. How you yeah. respond to negative reviews is important as well. I mm. sometimes look at that. You know, how, you know, it's not always going to be five stars. In fact, I'd be nervous of a company that only had five stars reviews, mm. you know. But what I do like to see is, you know, say if they've got a four star or a three star or they've raised a genuine con- yeah. like, query, how was that handled? That's yeah. also quite interesting. I think that shows a lot. Sometimes you see people, it looks like, you know, maybe that person shouldn't be re- responding yeah, yeah. to that review like that. They've seen the wrath. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, maybe the customer, yeah, was terrible, but they've gone back in such a way to be like, oh, like you did this, you did that, you did that. And yeah, like, yeah. they might be right, but it's not, they've not come yeah. off well from that. Yeah. Exactly. But reviews are important, you know, they know. Very. Many trades business. I look at, you know, some locally, I can think of people that really lean on reviews. You've mentioned Craig Crooks there. And there's a guy that does tires. Um, Gorilla Tires and Stone Tires called John Stone. He's got hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews. And again, same thing. He's the only person I've used for my tires for maybe the last three, four years. Mm. They come here in the van, sort me out. They've sorted me out when I give them the wrong dimensions for a tire. Kind of lets you know the kind of man I am. Didn't even know what size it was. Didn't even know it was run flat or whatever. Just know it was expensive. <laughs> and then he's turned up. It's like quarter past four, quarter to five. He's come to it, can't put the tire on. It's the wrong tire. He's managed to source the correct tire, go get it and fit it for me. Yeah. No problems asked. It was my mistake. It's not yeah. Jack's fault. No quibble. Nothing. So what do I do? Keep Can't going. believe it. I fucked up and he yeah. sorted me out. And, and you yeah. keep going back. Yeah. 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 Whereas yeah. if he'd made you feel bad about that mistake, you'd probably be like, Yeah, but oh, I know not. I know there are some trades, but I go, for yeah. fuck's sake, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm not going to be able to get another tire. Yeah. You wasted my time. Yep. I'm going to charge you an extra 25 quid to go get his yeah. tire now. Well, I wouldn't have spent another 200, 300 pound a yeah. tire next time. Yeah, I needed them, right? Yeah, that's why it's so important. Like we keep, we say this a lot, but talk, thinking about customer lifetime value, not yeah. just what yeah, is the value of that one a, job. It's short termism, I think, that a lot of these people think they're trying mm. to win a business quickly, mm. um, not thinking about can I actually do the job that I say I can do. Mm. The amount of trades people that turn up and quote a week or two weeks to do a job, and then it takes them four yeah. weeks, five weeks, mm. six weeks. Yeah, or they're then stopping a job and going to start another job, and doing half a half mm. a day painting a landing stairs at one job to, because they quote to, to, to keep her happy but you're not mm, now yeah. you're pissing off two people because yeah. now you're taking twice as long to do two lots of jobs i've had that happen numerous yeah. times and that's what i mean if you start doing it properly it's not hard there, there also are also other opportunities to earn more money than pricing the original job is something that we um try and help with quite a lot of pay accuracy like upselling so a lot of people 
I, again, it, like see it as quite a, like a, a sort of dirty word. I don't want to be doing that. But again, like coming back to like delivering value, if you can give someone a couple of options and you can say, look, this is my recommendation for what you need. This is the value of something extra that you can get out of this and present that to the customer on the quote, then that can be like really, really valuable. And you're without having to do anything, just like putting something on YouTube, you're increasing the like the chance of earning more revenue in every single quote that you're sending out yeah. or just having those optional items just like added on. You don't want to add like loads of complexity there, but it's something that you can be doing that's like going to deliver more value. I always yeah. say appropriate and appropriate upsell. So if you mm. are installing mm. a boiler, why aren't you also doing like um, Hive? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart yeah. thermostat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. smart thermostat. Yeah. It's an add-on. Mm. It's easy to do, but that again, logical mm. upsell. That's an easy fit. Mm. Like, oh, I see why he would do that. So not only have I got a boiler that's going to be more efficient, save me more money. Oh, I can now control it from my app on my phone and I can set, that will save me even more money. Mm. Oh, it's what? It's an extra 150 pounds yeah. to have that installed. Yeah. You can do it at the same time. Yeah. That is an appropriate upsell. And if you're not doing that again, you're leaving money yeah. on the table. Yeah. And put that in and put a link into a video where you talk about how much like, yeah. you can save yeah. from that. Like, There's so many things you can be doing here. That's just, yeah. yeah. That's you've you've got to make it easy for them to make that decision as can well. Can you do right? that through the Payaka software? Yeah, yeah. So it's just multiple choice. It's literally, it's it's kind of like that, um, like that Amazon effect kind of like process of just like, they've got everything that they need in front of them like Matt was saying you give them limited options so it does it's not overwhelming it's just like you're buying this thing have you thought about this thing because you're going to get additional value because you get to control it on your phone wherever you are if you've gone out and you left your heating on you can switch it off that kind of thing so yeah you can do it there and then click click and then sign to pay and then drops you straight into the payment process yeah so the, the, like, there's multiple choice there it's not only like giving someone the option to upgrade there might be an additional add-on as well which is could be a service plan as well like we could you know we talked about that in the exit value like thinking about recurring revenue but it's also just making it so easy for them to click on what they want accept it and and go and I, another thing that some people do is think about well maybe i can drop in there a booking link so that you know when you accept this that you know that, that i can book that straight in and like not everyone does that but it's thinking about ways that you can make it easier for your customer to accept that quote choose you maybe spend a bit more money and you're going to differentiate yourself from anyone else out there i've had that on a um, washing machine recently not washing machine um fridge freezer and it was like an it's i think i paid like 500 quid for this fridge freezer and it was like 6.99 to get an insurance pack you know to parts and if anything mm. goes wrong with it and stuff like that and that was just a one click thing when mm. I did that. I was like, oh yeah, sound. Well, that it makes sense. Yeah, this is the thing though. Like the the customers are used to buying stuff on Amazon and other like e-commerce websites. That's how they're used to buying. And like the like putting that up against what they typically see. And like probably a lot of people listening to this probably do have a, a system for doing it. But a lot of people are getting like paper quotes and things like that. Is not how your customer wants to buy. Mm. Remove the barriers from them buying from you you will sell more at higher values. This is, I go back to that thing that I said, and I, I say it all the time, is why would you run your business in a way that you wouldn't buy from yourself? Mm. Or why would you market your business in a way? We all are customers of other businesses. Just make your, what's the nicest way to buy things and the easiest way to buy things that you enjoy buying or you continually buy? That's how your business should run. It should be one click. It should mm. be easy. It should be appropriate upsells. Yeah. It should be all these things. You know, it should be easy to do business with you. Yeah. If you, it's not easy to do business with you, guess what? Business isn't going to be easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So.
So, Mike, as we've got you here as a sales salesperson, what is a sales pipeline? Um, well, it's like the lifeblood of any business that sells a product, right? It tells you sort of who's in, what leads you've got in, what stage they're up to, whether you've quoted, sent a proposal, whether you're waiting to hear back from them, booked a call, booked a demo, whatever it might be. So it's just, it's basically you can forecast your predicted income based on this. Mm. So it's really important. I use it all the time uh, with my own customers and I'm always prospecting. So I'm always trying to get people into that. So I market first. I look for who potentially I can help, who puts their hands up. I then contact those people. You know, what is it that they've got? Can I speak to them, find out their problems? Can I fix their problems? If the answer is yes, then they go into my sales pipeline. And it's the process of me turning them from inquiry into cash in the bank and mm. customers. And how do you define those stages in that pipeline? Uh, well, it de depends for each sort of type of business, but typically it would be lead comes in and then it'd be lead contacted. So that'd be the first time I reach out to them, speak to them. Then it'd be book a call. So I speak to them first to see if there's an initial thing that we can actually help them with because you get a lot of tire kickers. Mm. You get a lot of people that just want to talk to you because they're lonely <laughs> or they've seen, do you know what I mean? You, so you need to weed them out. Mm. So you kind of have to do that. You can set things up so you, you don't even speak to them. You can weed them out early doors. But then I would book a call. I would listen to what they want to achieve. This is what, you know, so what is it you actually want to achieve? And then I'll say, right, here are my suggestions. This is what I think we can do for you. And this is how much it would cost for us to mm. fix those problems for you. And then if they want to go ahead, it will be uh, invoice and let's get started. That's, that's so like, I'm about always prospecting every single day. I'm looking for a new business. Mm. And that is essential in my business. Don't take a day off. And it might only be 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. But I time block time every day for new business because a huge thing that can go wrong i imagine trades will be the same because i think a lot of it will be seasonal uh, work you yep. don't want a boom and bust or feast and famine business because again you want some sort of consistency with your cash flow with your leads with your closed sales you kind of always want that so the gap between your great months and your shit months is as close as possible mm. as you can get them ideally high up but you yeah. want those to be what you don't want is we make 100 grand this month we make three grand for the next three months. We make 60 grand, we make two grand. You don't want months like that. So mm. that's why prospecting and sales pipeline is so important. Yeah. Would you have different customer journeys, different pipelines based on either the different products slash service that you're delivering or a different pipeline based on the potential customers? Um, yeah, so it depends really. So like yeah. I would market to people in a different way, depending on what they originally put their hands up and interested in. If they didn't buy from us at this stage, they would go into like a defrost campaign yeah. or a marketing campaign and dependent on their reaction and their responses during that campaign, they'd be marketed to in a slightly different way. But in terms of the sales process, um, my company or my the business that I've got now, we only offer three things essentially. We offer lots more things, but there's only three things that we really like doing and want to be doing. So they're very similar journeys. Two of the products are very, very similar and one's different. But so they kind of follow the same process. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So there's, we've got like, we can do like a fully produced podcast series for people. We can do fully produced content um, and a YouTube channel, or we can do animated explainer videos. But the initial conversation is the same. What is it you want to achieve? And then I come up with, how could we best achieve this utilizing what we do as a business and if we can help you mm. so it, the actual sales journey is pretty much the same same yeah, yeah. because 
we're very limited. Now, if I had lots and lots of services I could offer, then it would probably be very different. Yeah, or they're, or they're very different between yeah. them. And I'm not going out to quote people yeah. face to face, which I imagine a lot of your tradespeople are. Yeah. Like, they're actually turning up to site because what Nora's telling you over the phone, the reality is very different. Oh, it's only three windows you turn up and it's... Um, yeah. It's stained glass windows, love. You've got 27 yeah. of them. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's very different to me. It's like, this is the, what they want to achieve. There's also more complexity because like, not only have you got to sell that product or that service, you've then got to organize a team of people out there in the field to go and like do that work. Yeah. Like, whereas, you know, if you've got people in the office and you're like, right. And ours is fixed costs, pretty mm. much, you know. Um, while the service is slightly bespoke for each person, well, it is bespoke for each person depending on what mm. type of content will help them achieve them and where they want to put this content and how they want to build their channel and the yeah. strategy and research. While that's different, it's a fixed cost, pretty much, that we've mm. worked out, you know, what is our margins? How can we do this? How long does it take us to achieve this thing? And mm. it's, I imagine if you're doing stuff on site or you're doing stuff at a build or whatever, there's far more scope for something to crop up that you weren't aware of. Mm. Like there could be um, a service uh, strip or whatever. There might be certain things mm. that when you've dug up the back garden, it turns out, oh, actually, there's a landmine there. Do you know what I mean? There's stuff there that you can't really account for. But it's true though, right? Yeah. That's not happening when I'm doing yeah. an animated explainer video. All of a sudden, yeah. there's not a World War II yeah. landmine that's going to put us back a week. Yeah. But these are things that, so I imagine whenever you uh, trade people quote, the work's never going to come in less than the quote. They're not going to do it. Don't go. Actually, do you know what that was easier than we thought? Is three hundred quid back? Potentially, there's going to be a ten percent. Yeah, I mean, on the job, right? I think it depends on the industry. Like, I think, and yeah, it depends course. whether you're doing like a quote, which is fixed cost. And most of yeah. the businesses we work with do work in that way. Like, yeah. some if you're doing a more like extensive like um, extension, would they suck it up in that like, case? If if, if they, all if of a they, sudden I they mean, dig it, up the garden and there's I don't know like a, there is like loads of wiring in there that shouldn't be in there or they weren't aware of, do, you, do they suck it up? Well, or we we, we did. Yeah. We did. Now, we never found a landmine, yeah. and I can't actually remember anything that might have cost more than a couple hundred pounds, okay? But we were very selective in the type of work that we took on to begin with. So coming back to that, what I mentioned about risk, the larger jobs that have more potential that more unknown things may happen, we wouldn't quote on it, yeah. okay? Um, side, side story, a, a plumbing company that, that we work with, down towards London, um, he it's an electric mains. He was digging up. He was actually doing some building work in you know a, a, a downstairs room, and he hit an electric mains whilst on the job. So you can imagine that that killed himself. He didn't. He, he survived. Yeah. But can you imagine how that might have disrupted proceedings? Yeah. yeah. So you know th this is the problem with the trades mm. is you can't experience teaches you that something might happen, but ultimately you can't see what's behind that concrete wall. You can't see what's behind that plasterboard. You can't see what's underneath that floorboard. Yeah. So we, this is all something that we've got to kind of, you know, take into consideration, but also coming back to customer journey, explain it. Mm, yeah. Explain it in the customer journey yeah. that this might happen. We are estimating it will be on job for, for three days, but if it takes four and a half days, John, don't worry. We will cover that. Mm. So this is coming back to understanding the, the you know, the, the risks. What's the chances that it would take four and a half days? Not yeah. much. Yeah. Not no, much. But if, if, but if you can explain this to your yeah. customer, mm. you know, look, no hidden surprises, fixed cost, yeah. boiler installation. If we say it's four and a half thousand pound, it's four and a half thousand pound. If we finish in two days, it's four and a half thousand pound. 
Yeah. And it's not just explaining it, it's having those documents laid yeah. out. That's why that's why that sales process is yeah, important. Exactly. You're almost going like, here's the proposal, this is what happens, this is the timescales we're working mm. to, this is how the customer works. Um, so that's that's how I use that mm. sales process and that's how I explain it. And that, mm. that would be at a certain stage of my sales process. Mm. So just to wrap up there, what's the one bit of advice or one thing that someone can do right now on sales and marketing for a trade business? What would you say? I would say just make video content of the, the most asked question this week. It's a simple mm. thing. Just write down the questions you ask. Write down just a number, how many times you've been asked that question. And whatever your top question is that you've been asked mm. this week, that is what your customers want to know the answer to. Yeah. So just shoot one video, even if it's into your mobile. You don't even have to post that video. Just shoot yourself answering that question in 60 seconds to two minutes long. And then you'll see, you know, oh, that's actually easier than I thought. I'm actually better than I thought I was at that. And mm -hmm. post that online if you wanted to. Yeah. Don't. So just try it. Write down the questions you get asked. Film, a, film an answer. Simple. Great. Tommy, what do you think? I agree with him. <laughs> But I can't just say, yeah. do what he said. Um, I'll say uh, invest into learning, invest into learning and and then um, learn how to communicate with with your customer, which is, is, is that. Mm. Oh, invest into learning and, and communicate. Yeah. Take a look at Built to Last. Oh, yeah. I think just following on from the communication point, um, look at those touch points that you've got with your customer. It starts with a quote. Is that quote the best it can be? Is it easy for the customer to buy from you? Is it answering questions that the customer is going to have before they're even asking you? And then look at the rest of your communications as well. Are you automating what can be what can be automated? Are you asking for reviews? That can be, that that's easy to set up. Um, look at all the different touch points. Are they as impressive as they could be? And are they really getting across the value that you provide? Mm. Just be better every week, right? That's one thing that just we say in our better. business. Yeah. No, it's just just change one thing. Yeah. If you can get one percent better, and that um, compounding over the year, yeah, yeah. fifty-two things that your business will be better mm -hmm. in a year's time will be mm -hmm. so much better. It's just taking action. It's just going and doing it. But it doesn't have to be long. Like literally takes mm -hmm. five minutes. Like five minutes to find one thing that. Oh, yeah. do you know what? If we could just get that quote back a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. So how can I do that? Set up some automation. Whatever. Yeah. But most people won't. They'll just listen to this and they won't do it. Mm -hmm. so do it. Exactly that. Yeah. And that's why it's easy to beat these people. Yeah. That's it for this episode. I hope you found the information we shared useful. If you'd like any support on the topics covered, leave a comment below the video or head over to the Payaka website and we'd be happy to help. Thanks for watching and if you enjoyed the conversation, please support the channel by subscribing and liking the video.